Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to series two of the ultimate TV podcast, Soap from the Box. I hope the sun is shining and you've had a good week. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed TV's biggest shows for over 10 years. And in this podcast, we'll be speaking to the biggest stars of those shows just for you. Remember, there are two episodes every single Sunday this series to keep you entertained as you're laying in the sun catching some rays. So I'll get on with it and leave you with the first guest. My guest today, I have only just realised, was actually born the day after me, but quite a few years after me. She's been a model as well as being known to millions of us for her eight-year stint in Hollyoaks. She's now ambassador of her own for my yoga, which we'll talk about. So please welcome Carmel McQueen herself, Gemma Myrna. Hi, Gemma. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I mean, it's been years since we... I mean, I was lucky enough to be there at the end of your stint, so I did get to work with you. I mean, it seems a lifetime ago now, obviously. I know. Well, it does, but then also it feels like it was yesterday, and then I go, oh, my God, it's like six years has gone by since Carmel went from Hollyoaks. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's so weird, that time frame, when you've had such an amount of time away from a show but then also you have those amazing memories that you just like oh I remember that like yesterday but the thing I'm sure you'll get this with soap you never quite live obviously we know this professionally job wise it's hard to live it down but actually what's lovely is you remain in people's mindset forever really once you've been in a soap much more than you know you think of these amazing actors like Keely Hawes or do a show and you kind of people forget about it even though it's been massive but soap you're always in people's heads aren't you yeah, completely. Like, I think especially in lockdown this year when obviously Hollyoaks and all the other soaps have to take some time away. Well, and Hollyoaks did, yeah. Um, yeah, they did all like the old old episodes coming back. And the amount of messages I got off fans, like just going, oh, my God, I loved that. I really wish you'd come back. Oh, and you know what? It was so amazing. To hear because that's kind of what I wanted with Carmel that's why I kind of decided to go because I kind of wanted to keep her that kind of special icon I didn't yes, want people yeah. to get bored of the character and honestly when she come back on our screen you know it was just lovely to see her again I'm um, sure and like I was just saying to you beforehand what's great about what's been great about this podcast is it's really been surprising to me how much people have really loved catching up with the people who've left because I kind of thought oh you know will it be of interest and actually because uh, people, I think, hear people, you know, that are in the soap now, you, you, they've never heard the stories behind the characters and the and, and adventures that these people have gone through. So, but before we get on to Hollyoaks, first of all, yeah, but your birthdays, a happy kind of a birthday because we've just had our birthdays. I know, us Aquarians, eh? Us no one Aquarians. else gets us apart from each other. <laughs> and it made me go, right, I have to do a funny little quiz, which these are quite hard, actually, so I don't expect you to get them right. But I looked famous things, famous events, 
that happened on February the 6th, which is your birthday. Obviously, I won't say the year. Um, so in 1911, what did, I mean, you'll never get this. What did Rolls-Royce invent? And think of the cars and what bit on the car they could have invented. That, that. Was it the um, the statue that's on the front? Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, it was the official mascot, the silver wing. Yes. Animal, the spot of the spirit of ecstasy, it's called, which is still used. Yeah, 1911. On um, my birthday. Oh, wow. On your birthday. Okay. So that's quite very posh. So, Rolls Royce, you need to now get sponsored by Rolls Royce. We'll try to get this episode by Rolls Royce just for you. Um, totally. I'd love one of them. <laughs> a bit of a depressing one, this. I never knew about this either. But in 1958, which Premiership football club lost eight players in a plane crash? Man United. From... Yeah, you knew that as well because mm, you were a Man United yeah. fan. Yeah, my dad and my granddad was huge Man United fans. Um, so yeah, we grew up know like knowing that. Um, yeah, Bobby Charlton was actually in it and escaped and was treated in hospital. I never, I never yeah. knew that. Um, and then yeah. this one should be quite easy. I mean, I didn't think you'd get the other two just because I had no idea of them. Nineteen forty-five. <laughs> this is someone who's born on your birthday. Which one love singer was born? Um, and there was no woman, no cry. Oh God. I can't, I don't even know this one. That's terrible. Oh my God, that, this is the one I thought you'd get. This is the one you think I'd get. Oh, um, I, you know, uh, what can I say? People's names. Dreads. Uh, oh, I don't know. Bob Marley. Bob Marley? Yes, really? Yes, born on your birthday. I never knew that. There we How go. How bad is that? I didn't even know that was Bob Marley. This is what I mean. I know... I know things like I, you probably thought I wouldn't know, but then people, I'm terrible at people's names. Like oh, faces, yeah, I, I'm okay, but names, I'm awful. Well, so when you say that, like I, I've talked about this briefly with other people because when I joined, so it was like I'm terrible with names. So it was almost like my worst nightmare because not only do you yeah. have to remember the character name, you have to remember the actor's name. And sometimes <laughs> I think the, the character's name looks more like what the actor should be called. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. So did you have, I mean, when, so when you, let's, well, let's start with Hollyoaks. So obviously what we do is talk about Hollyoaks and then all the other things in your life. But you play yeah. um, the fifth daughter of Myra McQueen, Nicole Buck, mm -hmm. who we love. Um, you joined in August 2006 and won wow. the best comedy performance the next year straight away in 2007. Um, yeah. When, oh, this is what I love. So when Brian Kirkwood, the boss at the time, said about your audition, she turned up looking like a dog's breakfast <laughs> in what she thought the character would wear. For him, it was instant and we created a character around her. So I'm guessing, can you remember what you wore to the audition? I remember exactly so what we wore. And this is like my favourite moments to talk about. So we had um, open auditions. And at the time, there were only casting Mercedes. But we had to do like these family auditions. Um, and I am a sort of person when I get into character, I need the whole costume. Yeah. Like I need everything, the hair, the makeup, the costume. That is just who I am. So I turned up at Hollyoaks, honestly. Now being there, people must have just looked at me going, what the hell is this girl coming in? <laughs> I had fishnet tights, but you know, like the big diamond shaped ones yeah, that you put your skin through. Yeah. yeah. I had black thigh high boots, a little denim skirt, a gold um, sequin uh, vest top with a little um, shawl over the top. Wow. I had my hair in a ponytail, all back combed and bouffanted, and I just had the heaviest makeup you could ever think of. And my little dad, bless him, God rest his soul, he brought, took me to every audition, 
dropped me off outside and I oh. had to walk. You you know that walk from from oh, where the God. gates are to yeah. the front. I walked in the whole outfit all the way oh, down. Wow. And it, for anyone listening who's not been to the Hollyoaks set, I mean, it's a long, it's like, because it's an old, reminded me of going back to school, actually, because it's the yes. school gates and then it's a long old drive <laughs> down. So you walked all that way. All that way. And the other cast, you could see just people just staring at me. I must have been the talk of that green room going, this is girl downstairs and she's just dressed up. But, but yeah, I just I, think... It's brilliant to bring up because I think it's a great... For anyone listening that wants to be an actor and actor, I mean, and I, I've said this in my when I'm yeah. doing classes, you know, so many people don't... Because I, I often say to actors, a lot of the time, the writers have come up with their characters, but they're waiting for an actor to come in and give you the character. Do you know what I mean? Which you obviously yeah, did. I know. And so many people will come in and not even think about the outfit. And you're, that mindset, I think, is not silly or not stupid. It's the best mindset because you went in there and went, this is who this, you know, this is who I yeah. think the character is. And you would, would not believe how many people don't do that. So instantly, it's my number one tip for actors to go think about the hair, the makeup, what you would wear. And just don't wait for like little stage directions giving you clues. Just go, right, this is who I think this person should be. Totally. And you know what? That is a part of me. I've always done it for every character character I've created because I have to feel in it. And with with Carmel, obviously, as Brian said, you know, they didn't have a character. They didn't have an idea of Carmel. But I went in, I played the character. We tried a few different ways. And then uh, my acting coach, Mark Hudson, was there. And he said, Gemma, play that ditzy blonde that you play because I was I'd go to acting classes with um, at his school with Kieran Richardson. Oh, and right. we, used, we used to act together from like the age of like 17, me and Kieran. We've been friends since. And um, anyway, I did the, the ditzy blonde that um, started playing her and everyone just started laughing and Brian started laughing. And I think that was the thing that they were like, we need to have this character in the show. So yeah, it was I mean, six, hit... six months of um, auditions, wow. seven recalls, wow. and I still didn't, I knew they liked me from February, but I still didn't get the job till, I didn't start filming until like July. It was the hardest couple of months of my life because I wanted it so much. So much I really yeah. wanted it. And again, people um, probably don't realise how much, I mean, sometimes obviously, once you're a big and known actor, although saying that, in soap, I saw some really famous people come in at the, who didn't get parts. You know, they, it was still a long... Because yeah. I think in soap, it's a different... As we all know, it's a different medium because you hit... Once you get that part, it takes you however long, six months to get the part, and then it's like... Yeah. The world sets on fire and you have 40 scenes a day and you don't have a day off. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, isn't it, really? You hit the ground running and you... Yeah. And I suppose that's why they take so long because they want someone to really... They establish that character so much before you hit the ground running. But... I mean, you did set it alight. I mean, you set Hollyoaks alight. And I don't think there's been a character. I think Thank they've tried you. to have another character, you know, other characters like you in it. One of the best things I loved about her was she was she was, a, uh, was Catholic, which, yeah. which kind of gave it a whole different, it really gave it a big twist, I think, that. Yeah, she was devout Catholic and she'd like kneel and pray at the statue just in the middle of like, you know, family dinner. Or, you know, she fell in love with the priest. You know, it's just honestly, it, it, looking back at some of the storylines, they are just classic. And I'm so, uh, you know what, that means the absolute world to me, what you just said, because, you know, sometimes when you are away from the show for so long, you don't realise the impact that, you know, you've had as a character. And yeah. I, oh, and you, so I think you, you left know, the legacy. Miss her, because she's amazing. 
Yeah, and that's oh, great. When everyone you. really missed the coach, I think thank you. you know you've done well because so many people pass through the doors of all the soaps, and actually, you know, there's only a yeah. few a few that you remember but so to help us go through some of the storylines and literally I could have this yeah. could be hours and hours and hours because the storylines as we know in Hollyoaks are mad anyway but like you were involved in so many yeah. so a little quiz going back to the quiz see how much you remember um but this is really as talking points well, so where did Carmel first show off her singing talents uh, in the SU bar yes very good and that was Darryl. that was my first ever scene I was filmed. it Yes, it was my first ever scene I filmed, and oh I was so nervous because I had to sing as well. Oh which my! I love singing, but I was like, I'm going onto this set with loads of people, and I've got to sing in like a pair of shorts. That's, um, that's the yeah. other thing, and this fits into what we were saying the other day on the podcast with someone because it seems like a kind of initiation thing that they either put you in a pub scene, or obviously that was the essence like a pub scene. It's not like they yeah. just gently put you in with a couple of actors because in the pub scenes, and I'm guessing in the SU scene, there were loads of actors there who were in the show. Yeah, like ridiculous. And then the crew and everything. Like it was, I remember just feeling sick for like the first full day. I don't think I ate a thing because I was that nervous. Because even though the character's confident, yeah, I remember absolutely every moment of it. And it's like, even though like everyone thinks actors are really confident and you play a very confident character I'm a very nervous introvert person so that to me was it was tough but it was amazing absolutely amazing and that must be obviously that's the great thing about acting because once you put that outfit on you are Carmel do you know what I mean it's almost like yeah. I mean I'm obsessed yeah. by drag, RuPaul's Drag Race UK at the moment and it's like that the minute they put their outfits on as that you know they're, they're just they launch into that and often I think it you know I think there's a big misconception preconception of actors that they're all these competent people and actually most actors aren't you know it's only when they get in the roles that they are yes totally I totally agree with you on that and I think that's why myself as an actor I have to go through the whole stages of like the costumes the um you know like the hair the makeup I have to create a character and not I don't really generally act as myself um, where some people do, don't they? Some you come across actors that yeah, some of them I think, do I mean, I think soap is, I mean, I think unless you're a real character, character, you know, there's a lot of actors in soap and lots of characters that basically, because it's supposed to be real life, there's a lot of day to day people that often then the actors obviously slip into themselves. I yeah. think that's why it's great if you get such a big character to play. And how I've never asked anyone on Hollyoaks actually, how does it work costume? Because I know on Emmerdale and stuff, you go on a big shop with costume. Does it work the same at Hollyoaks? Yes, it's exactly the same. So my uh, first big shop, it was with Alex and Louisa, who were the head of costume and assistant head of costume. And we, I lived in Manchester then, because obviously I'm from Manchester. So we went to uh, Manchester, the Arndale Centre. And honestly, it was just like going into Topshop and going, pick whatever you want for the character. And it was just like a big try on. And oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you've not got paid then, for it not got paid for a thing and also I suppose you're picking the things that you would probably not wear in real life so it's like a brilliant chance yes. to wear everything you think oh I wonder what that would look like yeah and everything for Carmel was like shorts skirts crop tops every bright color there is so and like massive big chunky jewelry and you can imagine like what 10 years ago how much like fashion has changed as well but she was just like it was epic and then when you go before you start, you go in and try it all on and there's loads of pictures taken. And it's just if they're happy with the costumes and then you get to plan then what you're wearing on scene, you know, and especially like yourself in it, you kind of know what kind of colours you want. 
as a director on the scene, don't you? Of certain well, I think characters. that's what's nice about Hollyoaks is always big and bright and colourful, isn't it? Because in real, if you put real life outfits on, what people normally wear at home, because I always laugh, really, you know, on something like Emma Dale, they're always, you just think most people are never made up like that. But um, going in as well, you're obviously, so you you were saying originally you went for Mercedes. So did you, did Jen Metcalf, who plays Mercedes, she started before you then, or did you kind of join at the same time? Yeah, so on the audition, me and Jen just made friends straight away. Like on the actual audition day, we just kind of clicked. And then we kind of stayed in touch and I knew she got the job. And then she went in three months before me because Brian was very much, he wanted the McQueens to come in uh, one by one and have like a couple of months to um, settle in for the audience to get used to them. He didn't want to bombard everyone with right. the whole McQueen family. Um, and I think I think it just worked really, really, really well. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because actually, say, like, and it, it, it works both, because I remember the Slaters, obviously, in EastEnders, that probably became the biggest family, they went the opposite and kind of, do you remember all the girls went in at the same time? All came together, like, yeah. They made a massive thing. But actually, I mean, the McQueens, I think, are one of Soap's biggest, most successful families, because you kind of, it just always seems to work. Do you know what I mean? Because you, you so you went in, Jen was there, you obviously had Nicole there playing Myra at the time. James Sutton, he would have been in at that time. I think he was in. I think the one, the only one that came after me was um, Jackie. And then obviously um, Teresa, but that was a couple of years later they brought Teresa in. Um, and but Jackie was the one. Nana Moon probably wasn't there then, was she either? No, she wasn't there. She was there probably, I would probably say three years in, maybe four years in. Yeah. Um, was it, so at the yeah. time you went in then, the, the Queens weren't as big as they became, obviously. So it wasn't like you were entering into, say, a, such an established family. You were part of establishing the McQueens. We we were, yeah, we, yes, definitely. It was all about um, getting people to um, just see us as a family together. So, but it's very interesting because at the audition, even though they were only casting Mercedes at the time, they put us all around a table and we all did a family scene together. And oh, they right. were all the characters, all the actors that got the job. So uh, me, they obviously, Nicole, yeah, they, they obviously yeah, knew. They, they knew the, who they wanted. Yeah. They knew who they wanted at that time. So they had everything, you know, like Leah, uh, James. Um, the, yeah, like I said, there was only Claire wasn't there at that first audition. But everybody else was there at that first audition. And we all just kind of, it's that weird. We, I remember the moment we sat around the table and was improvising. And we did have a scene and then they went, okay, improvise. And we all just clicked. And Which we could in, easily and, improvise. And that's brilliant. Other. Because again, to explain to people, like, again, most things are written in the script. And actually, improvisation is a whole different skill. It doesn't mean you can't act if you can't improvise. But actually, it's really tough yeah. I've often done it now when we do new dramas uh like I did a pilot with Kat Kilsley and uh we the first read kind of thing we also got them to, to improvise a scene so they could and even though they found it quite hard it gives you then some scope for the character because it's amazing how people can find the you know the weird and wacky things to say but okay next question yeah. when she had when Kamal had her horoscope read she, and she got told the number three would find her love who was wearing a number three t-shirt I mean easy really this one. Oh god Oh, right. Oh, see, look at the ones I oh, think are easy. And, well, it lets me say this is to lead into the love of Carmel's life, basically. Who was oh, Calvin. Yeah. Calvin, then. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I think yeah. I read that you dropped something down 
the drain or something and he came he came along and helped you and as he was walking off he had number three on his back of his t-shirt yeah the the drain would have been the one right outside of the beauty place which was louise's shop which was used to be a visa used to be yeah yeah and and so ricky whittle obviously played kelvin who's gone on to astounding things in america i know how amazing how it's amazing amazing to see yeah it's always amazing i think to see because of what we were saying beforehand and we talk about this lot so being looked down on for some reason it's a great when you know because obviously there's actually loads of actors that have gone on to and not just it doesn't mean just doing these big massive things there's loads of actors who tour in plays and do amazing things but um, yeah. Ricky wise I always think it must be amazing when you find that chemistry when you know you're in the middle of a brilliant couple in a in a soap do you know yeah. what I mean yeah definitely because he was with um, Louisa at first which was Roxanne McKee and then they put us together and like you said it it, it just worked it, because he was so straight and a policeman and you know no comedy bones in his in his character at all and then you brought Carmel in which was just comedy and she just adored him and looked at him and it was like everything about him was just he was a prince it just worked and yeah. we had the best time working together me and Ricky are still friends now he is just one in a million and we, you know he was just a, an amazing person to work with on a daily basis and we did create some amazing storylines. I think that's why actually, I think couples, I don't know whether it's true in real life actually, but couples who are so so odd, I suppose, to put together are always the ones that normally work really well in soap because there's some dynamic. I don't know, if it does that work in real life? I'm not sure whether it would work. I wonder if Carmel... Uh, yeah, I think like, it kind of, I think, yeah. I think it kind of does, does work, definitely. I think, you know what I mean? If you're too similar, it just kind of... Yes, blend yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with with Calvin and Carmel, it was just it was just hilarious. Like some of the stuff they had us doing, honestly, it's just it was. We used to get the scripts and just be in hysterics. I know you used to always wait for those scenes. Actually, as a director, I mean, I didn't do too much with you, but you always knew you were going to have a good scene if it had Carmel in. Do you know what I mean? It was just because you, you know when a character yeah. a you're really good, but b some characters the writers just write. You know, because obviously, again, we have lots of writers on soaps and some some writers yeah. get some characters much better. But I think Carmel was one of those characters that just everyone got. So they were always brilliant scenes. I know. You know what? Writers who have stayed in touch with since since I've left the show, they were just like, we just miss writing for her so much. Yeah, just I, think Mercedes, I think Mercedes was the same as like Mercedes was just another character when I was there. You just yeah. knew very different character. But a character that everyone yeah. really got. Do you know what I mean? They were both yeah, really totally characters to write for. I think because uh, they're just so defined, aren't they? Like the, I think as a character, um, you kind of they know who they are, and they, they're very black and white. So you kind of there's no wishy washy in between what you're going to get out of the scene. Um, and I think you know that's the way as an actor you you play them. You know, I knew what I needed to do on certain scenes to get them to work. Yeah, the scene, you know the scene to work. I knew where to put the pauses in. I knew where to kind of speed up the dialogue. I knew where to put the look in. Um, and especially when you get that piece of material and you read it and you're like, oh my god, this is like it's hilarious. And you're just, I mean, you're just another really actually bizarrely. I spoke to Kath Tilsley for this and said I was it, and she said she went to school with you. Yes, we were in yes. the same so class. She said to say yeah. hi, but she's another one. Bizarrely, how funny that like that relationship because I think she's another. She's incredible oh. at comedy, and comedy is so 
I think the hardest thing to get right. Kathy's naturally funny bones. She is just hilarious. She was always like that at school, always had us all laughing. You know what I mean? She is absolutely hilarious. But so um, you know, that's what I mean. I think yeah. comedy is the hardest thing to get. Like acting, you can't teach really anyway. But you know, I just think yeah. comedy is really hard to get right, especially I think on Hollyoaks when it's so out there and kind yeah. of outrageous, which I found quite tough sometimes because you're like, you want to find the truth, and it's quite hard when you. But you know, you're one of those people yeah. who deliver that, which is great. Um, so you also had, I mean, there was what what I want to ask actually, like you and Jennifer when I joined, it's so weird, right? Yeah. Episodes because you've got the matriarchs, and it's a very different age range so you know when I joined EastEnders June Brown and Pam and Clement when you joined Holly when I joined Hollyoaks it was kind of like you and um and Jennifer that I was more scared not scared of meeting but because in a way the matriarchs are so much younger in Hollyoaks do you know what I mean you've been there ages <laughs> and you were the longest running ones it's so so did you feel like that at Hollyoaks did you feel like the kind of mothership to people coming in and stuff what, what a little bit a little bit but then also on the negative side of that I felt like I was really old at the age of 29 yes, like yeah, yeah that's that's why I felt like I had to kind of move on because like this isn't very healthy for me to feel so old at 29 yeah, one, of the, one of the old um, timers before 30. yeah yeah and like you got people and I, I remember somebody said oh god People are moaning about you because all you talk about is is your dogs and Ian. And I was like, I don't have anything else to talk about. Like, that's my life because, yes. you know, I'm like 30 and I love it. Like, I just don't <laughs> want to go out and get drunk anymore. You know, it's like I've gone past that. <laughs> I think that's a godsend being in something like that anyway. Because, God, if you can go out and get drunk every night like that, oh, my God. Oh, um, oh no, I spoke I to do that no more. <laughs> it's amazing because Jeremy Edwards is coming up on the podcast as well, who I spoke to. Now, I forgot actually Hollyoaks started with just seven of them, which is quite incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh my God, the thing. It is. And you obviously worked because she also, did she have a bit of Tony or did she just like Tony, Nick Picard? No, it was Jackie who had Tony, wasn't it? She ended up going out with him for a long period of time. Because oh, um, no. you had, was it Russ as well, Stuart Manning? You went, were you with him for a bit? Um, I don't think so. Weren't you? Mercedes did. Mercedes did. I don't think I did. With the men. Yeah. Um, my first kissing scene was with Kev Saker. We went on a date. Um, and yeah, and then I think, oh, you know what? Weren't the McQueens bad? They'd have a date with everyone, and even the ones that the sister had gone out with. That's just soap, isn't it? I mean, yeah, if, yeah. no one stays together. Um, and what was it like, I suppose, what was it like joining Hollyoaks? You were a bit, I mean, I'm saying a bit older. You were a bit older, though, than, say, the 17-year-olds who join. Yeah. Did you still find it overnight, you know, your life changes in a soap? Because obviously, you know, especially yeah. your character and you, the press was so interested in. I mean, what, what? how did you find that change? Yes, it was. It was instant. And it was very much they wanted to push the McQueens as well. So we did every tabloid picture ever and looking back I was like um yeah it was everything we were just always in bikinis or underwear and it was the funniest one where we went to London to do a shoot and like they had us all dressed up in like um different like fancy dress outfits like I was a fairy and I think Leah was a nurse's outfit because she cared and then Mercedes was just in something else and honestly we look back now and we go oh my god I can't believe we did half the stuff we did but they were very much, they just wanted to get the McQueens out there. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just kind of, 
overnight people knew us straight away and then like you mentioned at the beginning like within nine months I won a soap award and I was like I was just I was just a normal girl but like just loved acting um and joined this show and then at your first soap award they call your name out and I was like Oh my god! You didn't even win best newcomer. You won. Not that I'm saying newcomer is not a big award, but you won like a comedy yeah. award. It's amazing, you know, because you would have been against I know. who you were against. Um, I I remember on Emmerdale, Holly Harwick, yeah, yeah, and she came over to me and just said, "Well deserved, you really deserved it." In that lovely at the like the little after party, because I think she won it every year before that. Well, you know um, what? I think she's only won because she's on this series as well. She only won it once. She was nominated every year, and she only won once actually. Why? Uh, okay, maybe one that's years what it was. She had it won, and she was like, "Oh my god, I'm still not." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there were, I mean, the Super we talked about loads on this because it's so mad. I mean, I remember my first one. And you're just like, I think I, I mean, I think I actually won on my first one because I won best dramatic, best spectacular scene or something. I just remember going up and looking around the audience going, oh my God, it's like everyone I've watched all my life. Well, I was like that because like, I always wanted to be in a soap and I always wanted to be in Hollywood because obviously it was a teen soap. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, and then Corrie and it's like, you're just looking at all these people that you've watched for years and you just like, and you get up there and they like you've won and your name gets called out and I was exactly the same I was just like thank you so much for giving me the job I know <laughs> I, was like, I, I won't let you down please don't sack me yet <laughs> I, and look, but the funny thing with doing this podcast is everyone feels the same like Sue Johnson kicked off the series who obviously is a legend has done the Royal Family in Downton and she still says to this day every job she's like I'm going to be found out in a minute I think everyone because I think we work in this medium that's so amazing, you know, like it's so, if, if you love TV and you get to work in it, it's amazing. You do kind of think, oh my God, like you, you never feel, feel good enough, which is bizarre, isn't it? But I suppose that's good because you're always challenging yeah. yourself. But Totally, totally. Um, but yeah, the soap awards, I, I just remember like shaking. I remember stepping onto the red carpet and my legs were shaking. But then I just created this red carpet character. You see oh, where I go you? with oh, this? Brilliant. And I was just like, Pose, pose is all the stuff that I've been watching from a little kid, and I thought that's the way you've got to be on a red carpet. You just got to give the cameras what they want. Have, and now you? I look back and I think, oh my god! Because like, I remember be yourself. <laughs> but you can't be yourself because I remember Kath again. We went to something and she dragged me to go up the red carpet, and I turned into this. You know, like suddenly you're thinking, right? What's my hand doing? What's my arm doing? What's my legs doing? How am I walking? You, I look like yeah. an absolute idiot. But actually, that's a good tip. I think you do need to create a character because so, it's so, like, again, people watch it and think it's probably so easy to strut down. It's not, I mean, I remember the girls teaching me how to do, like, a proper camera pose, you know, like, with one leg in and kind of slightly to make your figure look yeah. better and stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, you have to have your pose, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, you're like... A leg you're, crossed over or legs slightly apart. and With a kind of hand on the hips, kind hip. of normally quite like, good, isn't it? Yeah. All my normal friends just laugh at me whenever, like, we have a picture taken because they go, oh, okay, can we have some of the poses? And, like, can yeah. you teach us? And um, it's just, like, it just naturally, you just naturally do it now. And you um, have to, because otherwise you get yeah. awkward. You basically, they, every acting job, you need to go to a little school and how to do stuff like that, don't you? But, okay, totally. next question. When Lauren finds, uh, or Lorene finds a note from Carmel saying she's on a spa break, where actually was she? On a boot camp. 
Oh no, so, no, she was actually, oh. and there's probably other stories like this. She was she was actually right. being kidnapped by Niall. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> right. Oh, I remember so that storyline. But there was a storyline where me and Jen were supposed to go on a spa weekend and we ended up in a boot on a boot camp. <laughs> and yeah, we ended up um and we were in Formby Sand Dunes for two weeks filming there, um wow. jump jumping over cargo nets um with tires and doing proper boot camps we were absolutely exhausted but that was that storyline but this one where Niall um you know kidnapped us all yeah we were all in the church where he blew up didn't he so many of those massive I mean it must I mean again I've directed some not on holidays but it's so exciting isn't it when you do the big oh. you know it's going to be the big story of the year it was that that was probably the biggest one I'd ever done um, you know, at that point of, yeah. of my time at Hollyoaks, and I remember I, I did my own stunt. All I had to do was flip myself onto a crash mat. But I was like, I've done my own stunt, guys. Yeah, I've done I mean, my own yeah. stunt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually again, like, so people listening. Often you would get stumped for the smallest things now because of health and safety as well. So I remember this yeah. wasn't small actually, but the worst thing about stunt people—they're amazing. Is when I did the Queen Vic fire at EastEnders and like Stacey and Ryan had to like jump from this ladder to the floor. So obviously they got replaced. Uh -huh. But the worst thing is stunt people often then try to act, even though they're not saying it. And it's and I've, it's really cheesy. You know, like they, they then try to act, which is like, oh, no, don't act because they kind of make it. Yeah. And I remember Brian was the boss at EastEnders then. And I was like, we're going to have to go again. And it was like something like it was like five grand to go again because of what they're getting paid. Oh and I was like, oh, God. like, Brian sitting behind my shoulder thinking, oh, God, shall I? And I was like, no, I'm so glad I did it again. I just said so it's quite weird to go up to people and go, can you just do it again? But just don't act. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was kind of the thing on this, because I think I remember it was Colin was our first AD. And I remember I think they tried it with the girl before and then he was like, you're just going to have to do it. You're just going to have to. And all it was was literally me jumping, but kind of spinning my body round onto a crash mat. But I just think either that happened or the girl just didn't look anything like me. You know what I mean? Like, At least you had a girl because sometimes, sometimes girl actors sometimes like, it's a man. like a boy yeah, in a wig. <laughs> Which I think must be the biggest insult. Do you know what I mean? If suddenly you arrive and you've got this man taking your place. Um, so next question, who got taken off stage for not being able to play a virgin in Carmel's Nativity? It might have been in the audition process of it, but everyone was basically going, she can't play Mary because she's not a virgin. It was oh, it would have been definitely Mercedes. No, it was Teresa. Was it? Yeah. Teresa? Oh, I didn't think of Teresa then, but yeah. I can't remember that storyline. I can't and remember Georgie that storyline at all. Georgie Cortez is obviously back in it. I suppose she was the closest to being a bit like Carmel, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen Georgie as kind of more of a little sister than uh, the than a cousin. Do you know yeah. what I mean to Carmel? Yeah. Um, like I was kind of like I felt like when I was there, like Carmel was like her her like big sister mum type of thing, and like she had yeah, a tried to like guide her in a way. But then yeah, but then um, Teresa just slept with Carmel's husband and then shot him. So yes, I mean, <laughs> that's what happened. Not, not <laughs> and normally. then Carmel stole her child. Yes, <laughs> she felt I mean, like she deserved a child. Just Honestly, a normal, just a normal week, basically in, <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood. I always remember as well with actors, you do scenes, and I remember, you know, like you know, they'll put especially the other soaps, they'll put everyone in a pub scene, and you're kind of going, but she slept with him, and she yeah. got put murdered, and you're like, you have to kind of forgive those things, and so because otherwise, no one would speak to anyone. Yeah, but, yeah. 
who had sex with Carmel's man, Jim, which obviously that's when I was there, actually. And that was another strange relationship that went really Myra. so well. Myra. Yes, Myra, her mum. Yeah. <laughs> her mum. <laughs> that, that 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 was a great relationship, wasn't it? Because that was another one you couldn't really see working, but worked so well. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing, that, that relationship. It was just... It was so much fun to work like Carmel and Jim McGinn just worked yeah, so well together. And, you know, just such talented acting and just, yeah, it, it, it was written really well as well. So I, I, I did. I loved that re- relationship. I really did. And then obviously you had the big thing, which was the sunbed blowing up in your face, which actually caused her like a disfigurement. Now that must have been, I remember it happened to Mike Parr in Emmerdale. I remember he was just like, oh my God, just because every day makeup now is going to take like an hour longer. You must have. It was horrendous. I had like two hour, three hour makeup call. And for a girl anyway, you're already in at half seven. I used to have to be in at like half (laughs) six. It nearly killed me, honestly, because I love my sleep. So yeah. getting up that early, I'd have to get up at like five, half or five to then get into the studio for like, you know, six, half six, and then literally have that makeup put on you every day. And then you'd have the the call at the end of the day as well, where you had to take it off. I know. Were you kind of like, oh God, when you got told that was going to happen? I, I, I embraced it because I thought it was a great storyline for her. Um... But I did think it wasn't really true to Carmel um, because Carmel was just all about her looks, weren't she, and stuff. So when yeah, I Brian... Think I think if they'd gone deeper into the story afterwards, maybe, because I think if that did happen in real life to someone like Carmel, I think her whole life would change. Do you know what I mean? Because... Yes, because, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, because of the because it was all about looks, I think it would have been re- it was an opportunity just to really explore then someone going down a very different path. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a famous model, isn't there, who got uh, acid thrown in her face? Yes. But yeah. Well, that's what it that's what it was kind of based on. But then we had change of producers. Brian came back, and it kind of I think with the change of producers, it's just like a change of um, ideas, isn't it? Yeah. So I think it. It kind of, you're right, I do think they needed to do that storyline. And I think for me as an actor, it would have been amazing to go deeper into that storyline and the the kind of um, the mental health side of it, of what it had done to her. Yeah, Um, I suppose now as well, we're saying that, it's probably, the world's changed quite a lot, I suppose. And now you could not have done it without the mental health thing. But still, I mean, it it still probably helps a lot of people. I mean, that's the power of soap. But then let's get to the end. So you obviously died in one of the biggest weeks they've ever had, which was the end of the line, which the train. After eight years, had you just thought, right, the time is up for moving on? Yeah, I kind of felt like it was... um... As I mentioned before, it was I was at a point where Carmel was just kind of kept meeting new new fellas, getting engaged, and then they'd die on her. <laughs> and it was just like it was just repeating storylines. And I did I did feel like they kind of it, it was it, it was the end for yeah, her. I felt the same directing because it's like there's only so many weddings or whatever you can do. And I just thought I'll just yeah. keep repeating the same things, the love and because Holly Oates, because you go through so many big storylines, especially Carmel did, like you said, I suppose it was hard. You know, unless you're going to stay as a character that's then a bit peripheral, do you know what I mean? It's hard to maintain that level with a character for so many years, which is amazing they did for eight years and you did. But I suppose it would have always been hard to maintain that level because I suppose Mercedes is a bit different because Mercedes isn't such a character character. Do you know what I mean? 
I, I agree with what you're saying totally. And I think it's that's exactly how I felt. I think with comedy characters, you don't get that that long with them on on right. a show. And I think we did so well with Carmel getting eight years. But I wanted to. I wanted people to remember it and not get bored of it. I wanted it to be iconic, like Raquel from Coronation Street, because that was like my my icon I looked up to, and that's who I did base Carmel on. And I really wanted people to look at it like that. And also, I changed. You know, I was 22 when I joined the show. I was 30 when I left. And as an actor, I kind of wanted to explore other things and – so, yeah, I did. I just felt like it was the right time. It was heartbreaking because it's like you're grieving somebody, you know, when you do leave because I loved her. I absolutely loved her, but I did feel it was the right time for her to go. Um, and then they came up with the story, end of the line, in the September stunt. And Brian spoke to me about it and was just like, you know, we want to do something iconic for her. Um, and I was, I was like... Okay, once I got my head around that, you know, they were killing her, I was like, okay, I think this is the the best way to kind of finish an yeah. amazing time there. Um, it's always I mean, scary for any actor when they kind of say oh we're God. killing I mean, her, every, you know? <laughs> everyone that's been on here says exactly the same thing when they decide to leave yeah. and they decide to get killed because obviously you kind of, it's hard. As I always mm-hmm. say, I think it's kind of quite nice because you do have to say goodbye. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's... It's you could always go back, which obviously for money and work is great, but yeah. I think it can hold you back. And what a way to go! Like I said, I mean, to be part, you know how much you've been loved if you go like that. I mean, one of the best exits, wasn't it? I mean, it's just incredible. How long did they take to film that? That was about a month filming. God, we wow. uh, we filmed in Berry on a train track, and we filmed it like a film. Um, you know, I remember it looked like that. I mean, that's a good thing with Hollyoaks because it was single camera. Often loads of stuff did. It was, yeah, it was absolutely incredible to film. And I think because we're on location, it was just even more special um, to do those scenes. And it was just all about Carmel and the family. And then we turned against her. And then she ended up saving Teresa's life. So she, and then all the family came together right, while man, she yeah. like took her a last breath um I know so I mean, yeah it, it was wonderful absolutely wonderful well so your time on the Hollyoaks there and you were not only did you win that award you're also nominated for best newcomer best couple yeah. uh sexist female yeah. I mean amazing and what a legacy to leave <laughs> So let's talk a bit about you. And there's, again, I've picked just a few things to end with. So one interesting thing I found out was that you had a breast enlargement at the age of 21, which you said was one of the best things you did. And I suppose for people (laughs) people listening, like did that, how does it change your confidence being a girl and you decide to, you know, have something like that? Yeah, definitely. Because I think, you know, you hear so many, the reason why I spoke out about that like years ago is, I think you hear so many horror stories. Yeah, totally. goes, oh, yeah, it's so it's gone wrong, it's gone wrong. Yeah. And it didn't for me. I had the operation. It was uh, it was fine. I wanted to to be more curvy. Um and yeah, it was the best thing that I ever did. Um and I suppose you're and, 21, so you need I think anyone listening, you need to have got to a good age, I think. You know, when you had definitely to, you're not you're not I thought about it from like the age of sixteen. Yeah. I waited till I was twenty-one to make the right decision um and yet it just made me feel so much more confident in myself and I always say that to everyone think about it for 
a long period of time. And if you feel it makes you feel more confident, you're not doing it for anyone else, you're doing it for yourself. And if that feels good, you know, you, you know your own decision. It's the right thing. And then you obviously did loads of, which everyone does as well, but you did loads because it's quite interesting talking about, you know, you put on the Carmel and your Carmel. So you did things like Splash with Tom Daly and some other, I mean, you've yeah. been on loads of other big shows, but what, did it, does it take you, or what, did it take you a while to get used to being Gemma on telly? Because obviously I think a lot of people expect you to be Carmel as well a bit when you're, and then you're Gemma. Did, did you find it weird doing all those big shows at first? Yeah, I did. Because as I mentioned before, I'm quite, I'm very, very nervous. I get very nervous. I've worked on it a lot better now, so I'm not as bad. But back then, um, yeah, once I didn't have like Carmel to hide behind, the situation there was, I wanted something to make me get out of my comfort zone. I'd lost, my dad had passed away and I'm really frightened of heights and water. Oh and God. I don't know if anybody else has gone through it as well. When when you're going through when you're going through, I oh know it's ridiculous. But when you're going through grief and you lose somebody very very suddenly, it's kind of you have this thing um, that well, it happened to me where I was like, oh my God, I just don't want to waste my life. I don't want to kind of right, live yeah. in fear. So um, when I got offered the opportunity to do it, I was like to them, but I'm scared of heights and water. And they're like, don't worry about it. We'll teach you how to swim. We'll you know we'll do all this for you. And then I got there and no, I didn't get taught how to swim. First day, Tom was like, okay, jump off the side. Oh my and I was, God. I went over and then I went, Tom went, Tom, I am, um, I don't like putting my head in the water. Can I hold my nose? <laughs> and he was just like, he just looked, honestly, like, he looked at me like, who is this girl? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, a show about water. Like, so anyway. I jumped in and then I hyperventilated, grabbing hold of Michaela Strachan's shoulder. And you know when you're like coughing? It's quite so, safe. Yeah, you could probably feel quite safe grabbing onto Michaela Strachan because she's one of those people you think has been there and done it all, isn't she? So <laughs> She is amazing. And she just made me feel so welcome. She was like my little mum on, on the show. But what happened was I eventually, on the live shows, I did a dive off the three metre. It was as straight as you could get. And I did it. And it was more, it wasn't about the show. It was just more about the fact that I'd done something Doing it. that yeah, was yeah. out of my comfort zone. And that's amazing. So well, credit I, to you. Yeah. So it is, it's a story you can tell your kids, isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's yeah. If I was famous, I'd be doing all those shows. I mean, Strictly is obviously the key. I'd love to learn to dance like that. But I think whenever you can learn a new skill. Oh, I'd love get... to do Strictly. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think everyone in the world would actually, because I just love to learn those dances. I mean, I don't think, because I'm married, I don't think I'd be allowed to go on. Although I'm gay, so actually it's yeah. different because I'd probably not be put with. I know, I think I think my husband would be the same like that. I think he'd be a bit, but my husband's one of those secretive ones. He'd just be in the audience, like eyeballing the guy. No, well, I know Kat Tilsley's husband was just joyful that she got the gay guy. Oh. <laughs> but um, you've also done, I mean, you've gone on to do doctors and stuff, but let's talk about, because you also do yoga, which is a massive part of your life now. And obviously people can check out your social media because all the info's on there, but... How is that? You've obviously always been into your health and well-being and stuff, but now it's so important. So how does that, you know, what what does your business now involve with that? So, yeah, um, my business is yoga and meditation, but also coaching. So like life coaching. And we we talk a lot about kind of things that you kind of work through in life. So at the moment, I've got um, a meditation course that we're doing is like six weeks of becoming the best version of you. So like the first week we focus on like fear, second week on trust, third week on like vulnerability, which a lot of people struggle with, myself yeah. included. 
Um, but when you work through these things, then you kind of push to the other side of, you know, like then letting go um, affirmations in, you know, intention and positive mindset. And I'm all about positive mindset. I've um, over like since leaving the show, I've worked a lot on myself um, yeah. of all that kind of that fear, that vulnerability, being nervous about things. And what you've got to do is just kind of trust yourself and trust your own, you know, and especially you probably see it, don't you? Actors coming in when you've got aud- people auditioning, you've got to really trust yourself and you've yeah, got to yeah. know what you're doing because otherwise no one else will take a chance on you so what I love is you've been in this position where you needed to hone all of that as well and you like you say you built yourself since as well so what a great person to be giving the advice and I've never done meditation I, I want to try but I'm like always I'm always busy and stuff and I I find it really weird to think could I close off for five minutes that that's the thing it's not about stopping your brain it's about training your brain as you would train a muscle in your body Right. So as say you go to the gym and you do a bicep curl, you won't just do one and then go, oh, you know what? I'm done with that. You right, keep yeah. going back and you keep building the muscle. The same with the brain. So when we teach meditation, it's like, say your brain is busy. All we want to do is redirect the um, the attention back to your breath or a mantra. So sometimes well, a mantra okay, is like yeah. on your inhale, you'll say let. On your exhale, you'll say go in your head. So you just want to bring your attention back to whatever you're focusing on. And the more you do that, the more you strengthen up your brain and you physically change the structure of your brain. So the part of your brain that's for fear and anxiety shrinks and the part of your brain for learning and being confident grows. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely okay. fascinating. I'm going to have to try with you and everyone. can. Ch- and obviously, I'm sure you've seen over the last year what we've all been through. I I'm sure you've seen such a bigger interest in all of yeah. this as well. From totally. And this is where I'm I'm so grateful that I've been through my journey over the past like six years to kind of get to where I am now, that people now are going through the pandemic and are, are really struggling with the mental health, which is absolutely normal. And yeah. I have this community that come together and we just chat. We talk about everything and it's just letting them know that thoughts are normal. We all have them. We all have these worries and then we always finish off with a meditation and they then meditate throughout the week and we rejoin the week after and talk and again do a new meditation. And the, the this course that I'm doing now, we're fourth week in and the changes people are having with their mental health feel happier. They just feel more content, uh, a lot more calm and not as nervous, not as anxious. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a wonderful tool to have meditation Uh, for I would say everyone especially adults and children anyone that wants to get in touch with you obviously your social media we'll put all the links on uh, the end of the podcast well for you uh, for anyone to get in touch with you but I know your Instagram is full of it so well listen it's been amazing to talk to you thank you so much for coming on Oh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for letting me go, you know, down memory lane. Oh, it's been great. uh, I love it. It's so nice, isn't it? Obviously, we'll stay in touch. It's so nice to be back in touch and uh, just good luck with everything. Thank you so much. And the same to you. Thanks, Gemma. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 
The McQueen family are legendary, of course, in Hollyoaks, and Carmel, played by Gemma, was definitely one of the best of the family. Thank you so much to Gemma for coming on the show, and thank you to listening. Remember, there are two episodes every single Sunday, this series of Soap from the Box, and the other one this week is with a neighbour star, Zimmer Anderson. So for a dose more sunshine... Then let's go to Australia on the other episode. So please listen to that. Remember to catch up with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As usual, I would like to thank David Stevens and the Buffy for their edit and technical wizardry, and Ian McCallum for all of his press help. I hope you have a great week and see you next week. Soap from the Box.